Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. This is my 26th episode, but I've been so blessed and honored to have shared 25 episodes with you all thus far. When I got this podcast and working with uh, speaker Newt Gingrich and Debbie Myers, my executive producers, I didn't know what to expect. I've never had a platform like this before, but I was so honored that they chose me to give my voice to issues that I really care about and that I'm very passionate about. Things that you wouldn't necessarily hear me say on the Fox News segment, I have the opportunity to do that here with you all week after week. So this week, I want to do something very, very special. I want to take you back to some of those very memorable moments that I've had with numerous individuals. As you know, I've had People like Herschel Walker on, I've had Dr. Drew on, I've had Tariq Nasheed, I've had Janice Dean, I've had my pastor, Dr. Bill Winston, I've had Laura Trump, I've had Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General from Kentucky, uh, talking about the Breonna Taylor case. I've had some really, really, really great guests, and on a number of occasions, we broke news. So this week, I want to share with you some of these moments, and I want you to continue to listen. And continue to take this ride with me because without you, this show is absolutely nothing. Take a listen to the first clip with none other than Herschel Walker, who was actually my first guest of the podcast Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell. So we're back and we got the great Herschel Walker here, somebody who's been schooling so many of us on what the values of just traditional values, which I call conservative values, have done for you, for your family, which got you to where you are today, which I think is such an inspiring story. What is, what is it like? What are you seeing with the political landscape today in 2020? Let me first say this. You know, people got upset when I spoke at the convention. And I said, uh, I didn't just get in politics because I wanted to be a politician. I didn't just, just say, oh, man, I want to be in politics. Or This is what's so interesting, too. Donald Trump didn't just call Herschel Walker and say, Herschel, I want you to speak for me because you're my black friend. You know, I've been talking with President Trump for 37 years. Even when he was president, mm. he and I used to talk. Not one time has he ever asked Herschel Walker to speak for him. 
But when I start seeing all those lies being told about him, when I start seeing all that stuff being said that I knew that wasn't true, I knew it. But yet this man never asked his black friend to speak for him. I said, I wanted to speak. I don't even think he knew I was going to even do that. And I said, I want to speak. I want to tell the people what I know about this man. This man cares about his family. A matter of fact, in 1985, I remember Donald Trump and myself and a reporter from the New York Times walking down the street. And I said to this reporter, I said, this man could be president of the United States of America in 1985. And the reason I said that is because he loved the United States of America. And I said, who should love the United States of America more than your president of the United States of America? And I said, so I'm confused why people think I'm going to now be something different. I'm going to tell you the truth. You don't have to like it, but that's going to be the truth. And then they brought me into politics. And I said, when you bring Herschel Walker into anything, you better be ready because what I'm going to do now is educate myself. So I started to educate myself, but I was educating myself before I came into politics because one of the things I did is I started reading about the Democratic Party. I started reading about yes, the Democratic sir. Party and I go, whoa, what are they doing for any black person? <laughs> Not to be mean, I'm like, they kept me in slavery. They wanted to keep me there. But they, they, what are they doing? I said, I'm going to be delivered out of slavery by Jesus Christ. What are they doing for anyone? So I started I'm looking already and I started, delivered. Yeah, I'm already out of it. So it's like, so yes. they're trying to put me back. So as I started educating mm -hmm. myself and started looking at the different policies and started looking at the different things, and I said, wow, Herschel, what did you, not that my eyes are open, but I said, you know, all my life, because I was black, and I'm going to be honest, all my life, because I was black, I thought I was democratic. I, I did. I thought, I was, no, no one ever told me. I just grew up because I, I heard people talk about it, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, in my neighborhood, I'm in the country. So the next house next to me about five miles away. It ain't like I can go next door and ring the doorbell. So I just heard that we were democratic. So, you know, you always thought that. So I didn't know any better. Well, when I started educating myself, I said, wait a minute. Why don't I learn who's best for the job? Who is going to benefit mm -hmm. what I believe in? So as I was learning this, I said, wow, this part over here seemed to be the one that on the same track is what I believe in and what I think this country should be. It wasn't just about Herschel Walker because it's not about me as an individual. It's about this country. Because when you have yes, kids, it ain't about you anymore. It's about your child. Because my father was an African-American man. My mom is an African-American woman. My father educated his son to make the next step into making this country better. Because my father didn't have the great things Herschel Walker had. He worked his tail off yes. to put me in a position that now I can help my son to have something better than me. Well, if I vote Democrat, I can tell you what, he's not. This is the other truth. I've, I've seen this now. I'm in Washington. I've seen yes. what they believe in. I've seen what they do. You see the chaos going on today. They don't even talk about it. One of the worst things that happened to me, the reason I jumped up out of my seat and I got angry, is when I saw a BLM sign held up by a young kid, and he's burning a holy Bible, burning his flag, and burning a cross. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not the country that I grew up in. That's not the country I want to be in. That's not the country I want my son to grow up in. That's not the country I'm going to fight for. So I, they got to go. So I started looking up all this BLM stuff. And I was totally shocked when I started looking at that. And they said, guys, you want to get Herschel Walker in politics? That's your fault. It's not my fault. Because I started educating myself. Well, educating myself, I started studying BLM. 
And then I started getting upset because I see all these companies giving all this money to this company that want to destroy the African-American family. But yet they haven't been held accountable. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're more racist by giving money to someone without knowing who they're giving the money to. But it's sort of like, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You go to church, you go out on Friday night and you party like a wild party like in 1999. And then all of a sudden, I've done it many times. Yeah. Many and times. then all of a sudden, <laughs> on Sundays, you go to church and you pay your tithes. And on Monday, you go out and do I've the same thing. You, yeah, you think that because you're paying your tithes, that all that is forgiven without being held accountable. That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think that there's a true distinction between a group that's a clear organization that founders have been trained in Marxism? We understand that they're against the nuclear family, all the things that as conservatives we would naturally oppose, not because of the politics of it per se, it's more the the ideology of we're pro-family, we're pro-business, we're pro-all these good things. And a lot of the things that they stand for, clearly if you're saying it's okay to loot and riot, and it's reparations, that's a problem. But then there's a group of folks that are young who are saying we're against police brutality and racism. Do you see the, the clear distinction between the two? And to be honest, I'm telling you, no, I don't. And let me tell you the reason why. BLM, the organization, don't have an office that I know of. I've never seen them give a cent to colleges. I've never seen them give a dime to build a school. I've never seen them give a cent to light businesses. I've never seen them give any money unless they have and they haven't shown it to Herschel Walker. And, and that's my fault. BLM, Black Lives Matter. Well, to be honest with you, remember early on, I said if any pastor or bishop or any man of God is preaching separation, which is Black Lives Matter, I can't go for that because in God's eyes, all lives matter. And what I mean by that is, yeah, why are we separating people today? And one thing that's weird is, why do I have to be a colored man rather than a man? Why do I have to be in an Afro-American rather than just an American? So why are we not saying this American? And you know, I go back to, I was in a talk with a couple of players. You know, athletes call me today sometimes. Some of them do still like me. So I was talking to one the <laughs> other day. He said, uh, Herschel, uh, the president, what has he done for African-American? As I started running that down for him, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I stopped running it down. I said, why are we worried about what the president has done for blacks? He didn't just do that for blacks to get no votes. He did it because it was the right thing to do, because it wasn't done by no one else. Remember, when he did this, it wasn't about no election. He did it because it was the right thing to do for African-American. And it just so happened that no one else in the past had did it. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, because a lot of folks have said that President Trump is a racist. Clearly, you've gone out to the RNC and said that that's not true. You based on your personal relationship. But the question is, do you think that people should be offended by some of the things you said? Like when you said, excuse my language, shithole countries or any of these other things, like people get offended by what he says. And I'm against PC culture all day. This show as a sworn enemy of the politically correct culture where you can't just speak your mind and say things. And you know him to be, from your personal view, not a racist. Clearly he wasn't before he ran for president. Jesse Jackson gave him an award. But do you think that there's some things that he said that people can rightfully be offended and say, you know what, that was racist or that was wrong? Uh, let me tell you what's so funny. This man is so far from being a racist than anyone. And, I, and remember, I know racism. Just by listening to some of the guys today, if they don't like this president, they don't like this president. So everything he does is wrong. He on, on The Apprentice, he said this here. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, what is this man doing for this country? 
one of the most strongest thing I've seen is this guy just signed a peace treaty with something that haven't been done. And you know what he said? Obama did some peace treaties. I said, he did? This guy is the, the greatest guy to be president for the United States for right now. You know, maybe four years after this, he may not be. I don't know. Someone may come up that may be better. But for right now, for the next four years, Donald Trump is the man that needs to be president. I heard Senator Harris call Biden a racist. I heard her in a debate say he wasn't prepared and fit to be president of the United States. So why is she now promoting right. him to be president of the United States of America? You know, I also heard because everyone in a debate, everyone in a debate almost said he wasn't fit to be president of the United States. But now they're supporting him. The most powerful man in the country, you're supporting a guy that I heard you early on say he wasn't yeah. ready or prepared. And after 47 years, he's shown what he is. We have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want you to listen to this interview with Janice Dean, who lost her two in-laws in a nursing home in New York City due to Governor Cuomo's executive order. Stay right there. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot iHeart. 
Now, in response to this report, which was interesting to me to hear from the governor, he was incredibly defensive during a press conference. He dismissed his critics as politically motivated and said this exact quote, who cares whether 33 percent or 29 percent died in the hospital, died in a nursing home? They died. How callous can you be to make a statement like that? That's him. That's that's him. Unfortunately, I've covered him for 10 months now and he he just has no empathy. I actually think it's a personality uh, defect. I, I know that sounds that might sound callous, but I do think that's part of his personality. He doesn't he isn't able to have any empathy at all uh, for the families. If he had come out in the very beginning and said, I'm sorry for your loss. I made a mistake. I got bad information. I shouldn't have put those patients into nursing homes. I feel so bad. Um, We wouldn't be here today. I would have accepted that had he said, you know, we're in the middle of a hundred year pandemic and no one saw this coming. And I, I, I am so sorry for your loss. Had he done that, but he, he's not capable of doing that. Um, And so, you know, my response is, I always assumed he really didn't care about our families. And now with that response, I'm sure of that. And tragically, both your in-laws died in New York nursing homes from the coronavirus last year. I was hoping you could take us back to that day and just describe what that time was like for you and your husband on a personal level, if you're comfortable doing so. Of course. I mean, it's very difficult, but I will tell you, I feel like it was his parents, my husband's parents, Mickey and Dee, that gave me the strength to continue because there were many times where I just thought, I'm not going to win this fight. He's too powerful and he has too many people protecting him. You know, I felt sometimes like I was this little ant with the boulder going up the mountain and um, they were great, wonderful people. Um, and, you know, I feel for people like my husband and I, who for many months didn't know how to care for his parents properly. They were in a four-story walk up in Brooklyn for, you know, over 50 years and their health was failing them. And, you know, my husband had aides that would go in to try to take care of them, but there were still trips to the ER and trips to the hospital. So there were many months of, of trying to come up with a way that we can take care of them and and have 24-hour care. And Sean's dad had dementia and he, um, his health was failing him. His mom had trouble walking, but her mind was spry. I mean, she, you know, every day he talked to her, sometimes two or three times a day. She was just this wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, But yeah, they both needed care. So we had to get his dad first in better shape to join his mom in an assisted living facility, which was close to us on Long Island, so that we could go visit them, bring the family. um, And that was the plan. So Mickey was in a nursing home for rehab to get him in better health to join his wife, Dee. And coronavirus came in shortly after that. And we were in quarantine. Um, We weren't able to see them. We didn't even know his father was sick until a Saturday morning in late March when we got a call saying he wasn't feeling well and he had a fever. And and then three hours later, we got a call saying he had died. So we had we had no idea he was ill. And 
I remember getting a phone call a week or two before he got sick saying that he was going to be moved to another floor to allow more to allow more uh people in to allow um, more people to come into the nursing home. And so that was a red flag for me, especially when I started to find out about the governor's mandate to put infected patients into in nursing homes. So his dad, we lost his dad first. And then my husband had to tell his mom about um, his dad passing away. Uh, it was the hardest thing he ever had to do. And she got sick and was transported to the hospital and she was diagnosed with COVID and she died shortly after being transported to the hospital and her number didn't count because the governor didn't count those who got COVID in their elder care facilities but died in the hospital so that's what I've been fighting for that's what I have been vocal about is the two things the COVID positive patients into nursing homes for 46 days because of the governor's executive order and the fact that he wasn't counting those that died in the hospital. And so the release of the AG report last week helped bring some of those answers. So again, we see a governor who was looking to manipulate a situation in his favor. Meanwhile, your family and many other families had pretty much suffered the consequences. You know, this is this is such a tough interview because it's such a serious subject matter and there's one where you have an official who's in power, whose decision making is still impacting the lives of thousands of people, millions actually in New York State. And it's just troubling that there's been no apology, there's been no confession. Um in fact, he's tried to say that he's pretty much been a hero in a way. And I, I'm I'm kind of confused about what was the initial reasoning for this executive order. As you understand it, do you know what the rationale was to send COVID patients? Was it the idea to prevent hospitals from being overcrowded with COVID patients? Uh, what was it? Do you know? We don't. Um and that's one of the reasons why I think we have to have an investigation. So, you know, the excuse is they didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals, that they had to put these COVID positive patients somewhere and that they thought the nursing homes uh, would have the, you know, the proper facilities to do that, uh, the proper equipment to do that. And as it turns out, they didn't. And they weren't allowed to test the patients coming in. They didn't want to discriminate against the patients. It actually says in the order, you, 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 don't, you don't test these people. You know, you have to accept them. And the nursing home owner, owners and the operators that I've spoken with always thought that they could not turn them away. Uh, and the governor likes to say, well, it was based on, it was, you know, the, it's the federal government, it was the CDC. And, that, and that's pretty much been proven wrong. Um, we had the Comfort Ship, we had the Javits Center, and we had other makeshift hospitals that taxpayers spent millions of dollars on to put patients in. And my question has always been, why weren't they used for the overflow of COVID-positive patients instead of putting them into nursing homes? There was a Wall Street Journal report that was issued a couple of months ago 
that said that Cuomo was told by one of his hospital lobbyists, who's a good friend of his and who has given millions of dollars to his campaign, that he was the one who suggested to put the patients into nursing homes. So this is, you know, this is bigger than all of us, to be honest with you. Um, I really think that there is a money trail. There's corruption. Um, but, you know, I'm only one person and, you know, I can't. I would love to be, spend all of my time trying to find these answers. Um, but but that's, you know, that's where I hope this opens up doors to further investigations to find truth and to help those families feel like there is closure. We, we never had a wake or a funeral. And we're Catholic. We never had last rites. Um, my husband never saw his parents at the he was called when his mom was in the hospital. She died in the hospital, and he, he was told she could, he could go see her when she had passed away in a room in a hospital. Janice, wow. It's terrible, I know. It is. It's terrible. Wow. Oh, jeez. You're a good man, you I'm know. I'm so I, sorry. I know no, you are. Thank you, but I'm so sorry. I really am. I'm really so sorry. I know you are, and that means everything. I mean, you know, I, that's all we wanted. We just wanted an apology or something. We never, we never got it. You know, we never got it from him or the administration. You know, they just continue to blame others and. He still continues to do that. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that I had with Janice Dean. As a lot of you can tell, I was moved to tears listening to her retell the story of her in-laws going into a nursing home and dying based on Governor Andrew Cuomo's executive order on nursing homes. Thankfully, she's finally getting justice. I want you to stay right there because when I come back from break, I'll be talking to television personality Dr. Drew about my personal life, something that was actually something I was very, very ashamed of for many, many years. And he diagnosed me live on the podcast. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. I think about a scenario that took place in my life some years ago, and you you know about this personally. So about seven years ago, almost eight years ago, I, I've been single and I've been single because I had fell in love with a young lady who was outstandingly beautiful. She seemingly was very into God and church and we spent a, a great deal of time together because I, I, I want a woman that's a believer, a Christian. And she was very hungry to improve herself. And we spent a great deal of time together and things just begin to feel very unsettled. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, why it felt so unsettled. So I ended up getting onto her smartphone somehow and, and being able to see the contents of it while I was away on a business trip. And what I discovered is this woman was a secret escort and she was dealing with some of the most powerful people in the country. And as you can imagine, I was completely and totally heartbroken. I couldn't trust anyone. Um, I couldn't trust any woman. But in that case, I just couldn't figure out what to do until I went to counseling and things became better. Because at one point, it seemed like I was just kind of pushing all the attention away from me, you know, women who wanted to date me and women that I was actually I found attractive. But I was kind of pushing it away and I began to feel and think, was I a commitment phobe? And I come to the realization that I'm not a commitment phobe, but the very real possibility of me becoming one, I think, was present. Well, what what happens again, this is sort of the typical pattern is that people with that. I mean, you, first, first of all, you you avoiding intimacy at that point was sort of a self-preservation move as a reasonable thing. But what happens is the typical pattern is that people will sabotage real relationships or just not be interested in them and have lightning bolts for these people that they shouldn't be involved with and then get re-traumatized by them. Re-traumatized. And you, you see that in relationships, romantic and all other relationships. All the love line was. The love line was every call was, you know, pointing out these patterns to people. So so the recommendation from you for people who've dealt with those very dramatic situations is to go get with a therapist and you can be healed. Well, my, my recommendation is to take yourself by the hand and see if you what it's like to get involved with somebody that you don't have an intense attraction for, that you just have sort of a mild attraction for. Again, butterflies, not lightning bolts. And see what that relationship feels like. And if you sabotage it or get bored with it or pull away from it, you have your answer <laughs> because then that, that's a, that could have been a relationship that you are sabotaging and you can't tolerate. You have an intimacy disorder at that point, and that needs to be treated. And it can be treated quite readily. Uh, intimacy. But, but here's the thing. You said just a mild attraction to aren't we all looking for the best looking person and no. has the, the best qualities we can be attracted to? Not necessarily. I mean, and by the way, that means very different things to different people. Right? True. And so, you know, it, it's it, you'd be surprised as you do this work, what you're attracted to changes markedly. Can you tell us about one of these cases you experienced? It was a tough case and you you ended up getting the person on the right track. 
Well, I mean, one that they, people can can watch is um, we in the sex addiction show. It's funny that we're talking about that show. It was just one of the shows we did, but uh, we treated a porn star. Her name in the porn industry was Penny Flame. We knew his, her as Jennifer Ketchum, and. What you will see is, I mean, she came in, she had no intentions of getting treatment. It turns out she had a dick, she had all kinds of stuff going on and she didn't really realize any of it. But we got through to her right away by calling her Jennifer, Jenny. No one had called, they've been calling her Penny for the last 10 years. And this was a pseudo self that she was living in. And, and we just cut through that and said, no, I want to, I want to get to know Jennifer. And she started dropping some of the bullshit. And you will see her go through the process of, really sex addiction treatment at that point, but ultimately stayed with therapy for quite some time after we did the acute treatment, realized she had a cocaine and cannabis problem also and got into recovery from that. And now she is a really talented social worker married with a kid. Wow. Yeah. Social worker. Yeah. Yeah. Medical worker therapist. She's a therapist and she has a child a and she has a stable relationship with somebody she loves. And she had severe intimacy problems, severe and lots of similar traumas to what you're describing. Lots of stuff with the dad with cocaine and the mom abandoning the kids and yeah, the whole thing. Usual stuff. These are, these are common stories that we have to get much more realistic about their impact. And how long did it take for her to to get on track to, to that degree? Was it years? Was it-, it was years. I mean, it was years, but it wasn't decades. I mean, at the end of a decade, she was a social worker, you know, and she, I'd say, I'd say five to seven years. She was well in hand. She was well in hand. Wow. Okay. Well, switching gears, because I know you, you, you have to get out of here shortly. The show wouldn't be complete without at least gazing the field of politics. What is your impression of the outcome of the election in the current state of things? I am my 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 fundamental position when I just examine my feelings are that I'm I'm tired. I'm just so tired of the weird negativity and the Trump derangement syndrome and I'm just so tired. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tired. Mr. Trump makes me tired too. Some of the things he's like, come on, dude, just come on. You're, you're not oh. the only one. <laughs> so, so I, I'm happy to see things settle down. H- I, how they settle down, I almost don't have a, I don't have an opinion. I'm just glad they're settling down. We've exposed some things about ourselves in the process of all this, and we need to take a very good look at ourselves. We've been behaving like the mobs during the French Revolution. There's a certain, I'm going to reread, uh, I just got out, in fact, I'm in the room where I'm going to pull the book out right now, Notes from the Underground by Dostoevsky, because everyone has become like that main character in that, in that, in that, in that novel, and, I, and I'm wondering what that means. But we have to start, you know, this is pertinent to this conversation, we have to become empathic, we have to stop acting out envy, we, we have to change, because it, it's, we're behaving like the mobs during the French Revolution and pulling out the guillotines for every little thing. That, it's ridiculous. And so we'll see. And you think Trump derangement syndrome, that's just, that, that I've, and I was going to ask you about that, but that's like a, a real thing for well, uh, folks. I mean, it's, not a, it's not a DSM-5, you know, category, but uh, boy, you sure see it everywhere. And because I don't have it, I don't have any, I'm, I'm a very middle of the road, moderate. If, if anything, I lean libertarian, mm-hmm. but I, I see the craziness on both sides. And so it's really easy for me to call it out because I see it. I see it operating. It's like you're, you're, this is any these, it's, it's what we used to call neuroticism. We, we have to, we have to, we have to 
get much more critical in our thought. We have to recognize envy where it's corrosive. We have to be more empathic and we have to be more thoughtful and not so hysterical. I mean, look what the, the COVID thing is another part of that. We started talking about that. That's another, that's another derangement syndrome that we have. And uh, it, it, it needs to change. We need to change. We need to get a hold of ourselves and we need to, you know, go back to the golden rule, go back to communities, go back to our family and relationships and all the good stuff you and I were talking about, you know, we need to function better in our relationships. And if we have trauma and it's been delivered to us, I've had trauma from my parents, you know, there's a lot of intergenerational trauma. You know, I, my, my family escaped the Ukrainian genocide Mm. and, uh, and that stuff gets transmitted to you. It just gets through to you and you have to be aware of it and you have to deal with it. And on a final note from Dr. Drew, have more empathy. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And for folks who may be interested in knowing my mom is doing well, she's no longer on drugs and she now works in the in the healthcare field, caring for people it. who were in similar situations like her. But I at the same that. time, the like work she, she, still she continues. She's the kind of people that I keeps me working every day. These recoveries are miraculous. But you have to recover too. She was very sick when you were a child and that illness, not your mom, the illness had an impact on you. Well, I look forward to doing counseling sessions with you, Dr. Drew. Right. <laughs> we end up writing together as we've this, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. We've talked a little bit about, trust me, those are extremely emotional and very therapeutic sessions uh, when we really get deep into writing the writing process. Listen, I'm, I'm all game and I want to thank you so much for coming on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. And we certainly appreciate your very logical and research-based opinion no conspiracy theories here so for folks who may want to listen to this you know we got folks we got democrats that listen in some left-wing publications they 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 love to drum up some some hate so for those who are listening this fact-based i am i am sure something i said here's my approach If, if i stepped on a landmine somewhere please help me do a better job I want to do better. And if, if my mind needs to be changed about something, I want my mind to be changed. Yes. I don't want to sit in a silo and hear an echo. I would love to grow and expand my view of things. So please, if anybody takes issue with any of these things, I love, but but don't, don't use envy and aggression as a way of feeding back. Just give me the feedback and that will change my mind. And you know, we say to our kids, I can't hear you when you talk like that. It's hard mm-hmm. to hear people when they're being aggressive and envious. Just... Just just tell me how I can do a better job, and I'm all for it. Dr. Drew, everyone, this is when we have the claps. All right, guys, I hope you uh, uh, learned something from that conversation I had with Dr. Drew about my personal life as one that I talked about in my book, Taken for Granted. Now, it is my great honor to introduce my pastor, Dr. Bill Winston of Living Word Christian Center in Forest Park, Illinois. He's someone who has helped me greatly throughout my life and one in which I had to share on the podcast because he has so much wisdom about life, faith, and God, and certainly how to move to the next level in business or personal development. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Well, I'm super, super excited about having you on, Dr. Bill Winston. I've been a part of your ministry since 2005. I remember coming into the church and what that experience was like, and more importantly, I remember when I first saw you on television and how dynamic you were, and I must say that you've made an incredible impression upon my life. You've influenced a lot of my decisions and you've been a mentor to me since 2005 without me even knowing you personally. But of course, I know you personally now. So I want to thank you for joining us today. And I think it's going to be a blessing for all to hear you. It is my privilege, Gianno. I thank you. I thank you so much. So for those listening who may not know much about you, Let's start with your early life and your personal journey. You were born in Tuskegee, Alabama. What was it like growing up in Alabama during the age of Jim Crow and segregation? Well, um, this is uh, most of our parents were Tuskegee Airmen. And uh, so the legacy of that was very present in the Tuskegee area. And so Tuskegee itself, small town, but but had a big legacy, had Tuskegee Airmen and uh, also had the fifth largest VA hospital in the in the country, and so because of that segregation in that time, you have most of the physicians who African American came to do their internship and so forth at the VA hospital in Tuskegee, and also you had the university which Booker T. Washington founded in 1881, and that had the professors and so forth and so on. So you had these three professions there. So when I look at my life growing up, I went to the school, elementary school, which was a lab school of the university. And we had to visit Carver Museum once a year. We had French in the third grade. We had, the, all of us had to, by the fourth grade, we had carpentry. We had all this. We had to have made a lamp and so forth. And so they were grooming us really for leadership. Mm-hmm. And 
just about everybody, myself and Lionel Richie and Tom, whoever else grew up with us. Lionel Richie grew up with you? Everybody grew up. We went to the same hospital (laughs) right there. So all of us, we had something in us. And that's a lot of times um, how people see themselves is the way other people see them. And so we all were taught, really, that we weren't missing anything. So I wasn't eager to integrate because we had everything. And we were taught things that that normally most of the people who finished elementary school with me went away to boarding schools in the north and so forth. I had to stay uh, there at Tuskegee High School because Dad said he didn't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed there. And so, but growing up there was a real experience. But what it did, it worked on my esteem, mm-hmm. which is, I think, you know, 80, 70, 80% of what somebody can do and perform and, and how they can see themselves. So that was the, the foundation of it. I finished undergrad at Tuskegee and ended up going to ROTC and flying fighters. Mm-hmm. And that was the background of that. Wow. And and you talk a lot about your military service, and we, we certainly honor and thank you for your service to this great country. I'm really intrigued to know, especially knowing the kind of man that you are, how was that experience being in the military at such an interesting time and, and fighting and, and flying fighter uh, as a fighter pilot? There's a couple of things about that. One is that it, what it did, it pulled on a potential in me that I never knew I had. And the word potential means hidden abilities. And what happens is people don't want to make a step because they don't think they'll succeed or whatever have you, but not knowing of what has been placed in them. Every one of us has a gift. I don't care who you are, what country you are, you've got a gift. And a gift will make room for you. The Bible didn't say your education would. It said your gift would. It'll make room for you and bring you before great men. Not down on education, but what I did is, is I had to fly and, and compete. And that's where you go to pilot training, where I went in uh, San Antonio, Texas at Randolph Air Force Base. But when I got there, I had 39 other students in the classes coming from universities. And um, we had to learn progressively that we could do things that we never thought we could do. And you started at a little light airplane that had a propeller, and you progressed right on up into the supersonic jets, and then you got your assignment. And I ended up going to war and and so forth and so on. And a lot of people don't know it, but I wrote the op-ed on this, that you can go and be in the military and fight a war without hating. Mm. They they think you have to hate to be on the other side, but you don't. And um, that it was a military experience that I had, and I have been trained there in leadership and leading a flight and so forth. Now, that means you've got to be making decisions on a split second, and, and you just uh, have to develop some leadership qualities that, that I didn't even know I had in me. So I wrote that book on spirit of leadership. What but was the name of it? The name is Spirit of Leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that uh, everybody's a leader, first of all, and that all leadership is spiritual. So as I g- developed that, it really taught me how to lead. So when I came out of uh, the military and went to work for IBM, then I was in a training for a year in each one of those classes at four schools I had to go to. And three of those schools, they didn't even know me, but they wanted me 
to be the president of the clash and so forth. Mm. Now, I didn't choose this. I didn't. They come from all kinds of schools, Ivy League universities and so forth. But I think leadership qualities can be detected. I think people can sense them and so forth. It's interesting how the Bible says the blind leaders of the blind, meaning that they have no vision. And I think one of the real qualities of it is vision. Booker T. Washington had vision. George Washington Carver had vision. And because of it, they could lead people and expand and so forth and so on. So Tuskegee, the growing up there, the legacy of that, I think part of that Booker T. Washington legacy of educating people and so forth and teaching, I think that's still on me right now. You know, you mentioned something which I think uh, shows great parallels to where we are today when you talked about you uh, being in the military and you you fighting against the enemy, but Mm -hmm. yet still not hating someone. And now we're in an environment of our politics where it's you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're an independent, you're progressive, you're a libertarian, and everybody's fighting against each other. Everybody's hating each other. You look at social media and you see nothing but hateful comments coming Mm -hmm. on all sides. Can you go into why you think that is? Well, I think that's part of the results of Adam and Eve's fall in the garden. I think that they they got into selfishness. And I think many times hate is rooted in fear and selfishness. And love is just the opposite. It's a product of faith. And so I remember when I was in IBM and... I was now turning the corner and kind of doing well in my sales and computers. And my boss called me in, boss's boss, who happened to be African-American. He was he was uh, trained by in the chairman's office. And at that time, he had two branch managers in the United States. And, and one was out in the West Coast and one was in Chicago, which was my boss's boss. And he called me in, hey, Billy, why don't you come on in? Let's see uh, what you do, how you're doing on your accounts. So I came and started talking to him, and then I was talking to him about my accounts, and and I said, now this account, this CEO here, I think he's kind of an idiot, and he's so forth. He said, wait, 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 wait a minute, don't say that. I said, sir. He said, don't ever do that. I said, what? He said, call him a name like that. I said, well, you know, we're behind closed doors and so forth. He said, no, no. If you call him that long enough, you'll believe it. Mm. And if you believe it, you'll treat him like that. And IBM does not treat its customers like that. I never forgot that. You see, you can be on the opposite side and not hate. Hmm. Because hate takes you to a whole nother level. And there's fruit to hate. There's a fruit to actually doing that to your neighbor. And the op-ed I just read and, and sent over to you, it's on this thing called the man who went from his this good Samaritan. He went mm-hmm. from his place, and next thing you know, he fell into some need, and, and three religious, two religious people passed by him. And, and then one man who was a Samaritan who was rejected, he came by, and, and he bandaged up his wounds, so forth and so on. And Jesus said, well, who was neighbor to this man? And, and so I'm just saying that he was teaching me a lesson about how to treat people, because part of what drives hate is people feeling that they have been uh, put down, they're for, for some reason disdained. Some of the words, Kim has the words for it, but yeah, yeah, and, and they, they, they get like that. And you, who is it? Will Rogers says he never looks down on a person or something like that, or Booker T. Washington says he never looks down on a man without picking him up. And um, 
that whole thing. But I learned that, and I learned to treat my marketing reps like that when I got into management, and and learned to treat people like that. And next thing you know, I'm in the in the ministry, and you've got to look at people as in accordance to what God says they can be, and not so much of how they're performing right now, because many times they don't come up to your you know professional standard. But you've got to teach them. And so that's that's my piece that I learned. That was a heavy piece. Now, understand, all of this is scriptural because it says faith worketh by love. Now, I, I, didn't, I don't think my boss's boss went, invested too much in the scriptures, but, but the company taught those principles because it knew that every seed sown, there's a harvest to it. And that if you say that long enough, then the harvest of that will come forth in your actions towards that customer or client. Next thing you know, IBM will get the business or lose the business and so forth like that. So it's that, that's, that's what I learned from that. But hatred, this thing is going around today, and it's almost like a, almost like a plague. Wow. Just listening to those conversations that I had with those individuals, it just brought back memories and got me even more excited about what's to come. So I want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode, and I want to encourage you to listen to next week's episode where I have a very special guest. Tell your friends, your family, uh, like the podcast, subscribe, leave a review, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingrich360.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. And please sign up for my monthly newsletter at gingrich360.com slash outloud. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Gianno Caldwell. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Special thanks to our producers, John Cassio and researcher Aaron Klingman and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.